Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we're going to be speaking with Tim Fiore, who's the committee chair for the Manufacturing Report on Business from the Institute for Supply Management, about the latest PMI number, which is watched by the White House and all the people in the manufacturing industry. So, Lou, uh, it's going to be an interesting report today, although there's some variations in it. We'll have Tim explain to us what went up, what went down, and where we're going. I hope that he can give us some good explanations for some of the down numbers, uh, but not down to the point that I'm jumping off the ledge. But, uh, Tim? Yeah, so right, we're at 52.8, <laughs> and uh, yet we're slowly stepping down. I mean, as we've been forecasting for quite some time, the uh, the speed is a little bit faster than I would like. Uh, it's not – I'd like to see it at more like a 30-degree angle, and it's a little bit steeper than that at present. But we're not at the bottom yet, and I don't expect us to be at the bottom for quite some time. We're uh, It's a 32-second straight month of expansion, and I think uh, depending on when you call the start of this thing, we, uh, you know, we're actually 30, we're 32 or 38 months since the manufacturing uh, economy started to expand back in 2016. So, so, so let's break it down into the uh, the elements, and we'll talk about the industries too. Uh, you, know, f- you know, for instance, as we talked about just before the show started, there are two major industry sectors. You know, there are six industry sectors that make up 70% of the manufacturing GDP, and two of those actually contracted the first time since I've been doing the report, petroleum and coal products, as well as transportation. Transportation is about 13% of manufacturing GDP, 12.5%, and uh, refining and cracking is in the 5 to 5.5% range. So the two of those together uh, you know, are, are almost 20% of manufacturing GDP. Now, they didn't contract much, but they did contract. So you know, keep that in mind from a, uh, from a, a segment standpoint. Our strongest segment was chemical products. Chemical products did well, uh, expanded well over 55, uh, and they've generally been one or two for quite some time. So, so let's talk about the demand consumption and input side. On the input side, we'll start at the bottom, inputs. Remember that, supplier deliveries and inventory and imports. Uh, generally very stable, as uh, verified by the fact that our price index was stable. Prices are not up or down. Uh, supplier deliveries are about 54 and some change, which is definitely uh, puts a little bit of stress on the supply chain. That's what you want. Uh, I don't think that that's a limit to uh, production. And the inventory account grew slightly, not much, 1.1 points, and I think that's good. I'd like to see inventory at the 53 to 55, 56 level and no more. So so it definitely was not an input story here. The inputs were pretty stable and, and flexible and able to respond to production demand. On the, on the demand side, uh, the new order number was down, down more than I would have liked to have seen. And you know, demand is really def- defined as new orders, backlog, customer inventories, and I'm starting to include the new export orders in there too because obviously new export orders equate to new orders. So uh, demand down, new orders down, backlog was up, which said that production wasn't able to keep up with new order levels, and as a result, backlog grew. And customer inventories are still way too low, which means production wasn't able to fill that uh, category of 
of uh, capacity either. And the new export orders for the first time since I've been doing the report actually contracted. So, uh, so you know, both trade elements of the PMI, new export orders and imports, both contracted during the month. That's something we can talk about later. So, so I think the story here is more around the, the uh, consumption side, uh, production and employment. As I mentioned, production wasn't able to keep up with new orders, therefore backlog grew, customer inventories did not grow. So production was constrained. It wasn't constrained by supply chain materials because supply chain is delivering pretty well as verified by the price stability in a 54 supplier delivery number. So, I mean, the only real conclusion here is that there's an employment constraint. So I dug into the employment numbers and uh, comments, and sure enough, there was no comment about de-staffing. Uh, you know, the initial jobless claims uh, were still uh, at an at a expected level last month, nothing abnormal. Uh, last week, nothing abnormal. The numbers come out tomorrow. Uh, and a lot of comments around retention, a lot of comments around hiring at a, at a, a reasonable rate, a lot of comments around baby boomers retiring. So those continue. Uh, you know, so those, in conjunction with this, this tends to be a fairly significant turnaround period for uh, plants. We've been running hot for 30, 35 months, and we've probably been deferring maintenance. There were some comments in there about the unscheduled breakdowns and equipment failures and, and scheduled breakdowns. That could have been one of the contributors to the petroleum and coal products area. Because you take one of those refineries down, you take it down for two or three weeks to uh, to do all your mods and then bring it back up. So that could have been a contributor. So, so I, you know, I think the story here is although demand is a little bit concerning, uh, new export orders contracting, uh, new orders at a fairly low growth level. The, the big story for the month was really production output, uh, probably limited by factory inefficiencies as well as uh, labor issues. So that's the that's the story for. For April. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Tim. Uh, I noticed in one of the respondent comments that they referred to the China trade agreement getting completed, uh, which will help uh, with stability with suppliers and cost management and so on. Uh, it's funny how the China tariff issue has basically fallen off the radar scope off of mainstream media. This is the first time in weeks that I've seen anything anywhere about anything. Um, what's going on there? I know there's still yeah, yeah. It's a, well, yeah, it's not the hot news anymore, right? But 17% of our comments were still tariff related. I think the right. manufacturing community is a bit fatigued by it all. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I think based on, I, I think by now, within the last month of our, you know, our, our March report, I, I think that we thought that the tariff issue would be resolved by now, and it's not. Uh, we have another trade delegation headed to China this week, I think, or next week. And I, I think, and we're, we're used to dealing with it, but it's a bit of a fatigue and uh, it's a bit of a headwind for, for manufacturing for sure. You know, there are comments around uh, companies that have changed their manufacturing location as a result of the tariff activity. Uh, you could argue that counter tariffs uh, are putting a dent into new export orders. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think we're still hopeful that uh, that this will get resolved in the near term, and I, you know, I, I think I'm kind of confident that at least in a couple of months, I wouldn't bet my badge on it, but in a couple of months, this thing should finally be resolved with a with a way forward. Uh, and then, you know, the interesting thing that popped out this month was the border issue. We had nine percent of our comments in the general comment section comment around the border, the Mexican border issue. 
And uh, two, two things around that. The first one was the scare around closing the border. And I think there was a lot of concern about man, if that border closed, that would hit a number of our industry sectors, probably all of them. Uh, but then there was also delays at the border because there was a diversion of customs officials to, from, from goods and services clearance to people issues. And I think you recall in the last couple of weeks that uh, there was talk about not enough manpower on the border and they were having to divert people. Well, the net result of that was longer uh, border crossing times. So we had two things, right? We had longer border crossing times and we had the uncertainty of whether that border might be closed. And if it's closed, that'll just shut down everything. So, you know, looking into May, it wouldn't surprise me if imports jump back up. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if inventory gains a little bit because uh, people will probably be accelerating material deliveries from Mexico into the U.S. So you're making a projection that May's uh, uh, PMI is going to improve? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're doing a sawtooth. So, yeah, I would think that the May PMI uh, will be better than the April PMI. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. And I, you know, I, I, I don't see us taking a step down again. I don't. There's nothing in the report or in the comments that indicates that we have a large-scale uh, contraction underway here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. that we're consistent with the 2 to 2.4% GDP growth. Uh, remember, what makes the PMI great is that it's early and it's cyclical. And over the last four months, we've gone up and down, up and down. The issue is more that uh, when we go down, we go down a little bit more than where we were the last time we were down. So. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't see us going below 50. I, I don't think that we're going to go below 52 in the next uh, several months. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed on that one. Uh, we yeah. at, uh, <laughs> right. all, at All Metals and Forge Group, uh, we did see a, uh, a, a major downtick for the month of uh, April uh, with lots of comments about uh, promises and we're just waiting, and uh, the contracts haven't been signed, and there seems to be a general stall, and that at least that's what we're seeing, uh, stall for whatever the reason, but nonetheless, it is a stall. Uh, so that's that's what we're seeing and hearing. Yeah, I think not you mentioned that as, last, last month, too. Yeah, yeah not, not quite as scientific as your uh, methodology, but uh, nonetheless, it's still felt. Yeah, so some of the concerns, I mean, transportation being down is always a concern for sure. I mean, it's a big, big labor-intensive manufacturing activity, uh, mm-hmm. lots of metals uh, involved in it. The steel steel prices are now very close to normal, even though there's still a 10% tariff on them. So that would kind of indicate that maybe demand has fallen off for steel. Uh, concerned about, uh, concerned, you know, concerned really about, what's going to happen with Boeing here with the 737 MAX. I mean, that's the uh, number one aircraft program in the world. I think they're planning on ramping up to 57 737 MAXs at some point this year. And, uh, you know, there's only so many spots you can put in a semi-finished aircraft. And I don't know if people are taking deliveries. So that could put a crimp on things. On the automotive side, the uh, U.S. auto market is still good. I mean, there's a mixed change from autos to pickup trucks and SUVs, but it's 16 million plus units this year, which is still pretty healthy. But you know, our transportation sector did step, it's in contraction mode, and and uh, that, that's alarming. I, I don't like to see that. So, 
But we did do the sixteen million for last year. Yeah, yeah, we're still yeah, I think they're still forecasting sixteen point eight or something for this year, which is pretty yeah, flat to last year. Yeah, sixteen eight. Yeah, well, well I think seventeen one was uh last uh, April's annual projection we're at sixteen eight. I mean that's not a big shift. Right, right. Well, sure, I'm just uh, curious as we approach uh as we approach May June, do the summer PMIs have any softening trend or is it just really more supply and demand driven doesn't matter whether it's summer or november i know that blue shop tends to vary in the summer being a little softer yeah yeah i think may you know march april may are big manufacturing months and uh and i think our seasonality factors take that into account so in all cases we we apply seasonality factor to four of the five pmi elements and in all four cases, the numbers were reduced from the raw numbers because of the April seasonality factors. Uh, and my guess is that May has the same. I haven't looked to see what May's numbers are, but May May probably steps them down too. But uh, it's a strong manufacturing month. I mean, as people get ready to take vacations, and I think you probably see a relaxation of those seasonality factors in the, especially the July-August time frame when you have vacations. And anywhere where there's a holiday, it gets impacted too, obviously, because there's a, a couple of days off with that, and, and it makes for a shorter work month. And remember, we had, we had a 30-day month in April, March. We had a 31-day month. I don't know that that would have a big impact on the uh, on the on the PMI numbers, but it was a little bit shorter. But we find, uh, and I've been, it makes almost no sense at all. But the months that have school uh, shutdown, uh, a spring break, and so on or the Christmas holidays, business goes silent. So we had spring break last week. There there weren't even people on the roads coming to work in the morning. It was amazing. And I, I find it hard to believe that there are that, actually that many school teachers that will affect traffic patterns. But it seems that when school is closed and they take the kids away on vacation, business drops off in the metals world. Yeah, you know, I think we saw I saw the same thing down here in South Florida when the spring break was here. I could get to work ten minutes earlier. So <laughs> I don't know that that's factored into our seasonal adjustment factors. I don't know that we use that number. But you're right. I mean, there was it was definitely thinner. There was definitely fewer people in the office and stuff. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, I, I will take and, that. I'm going to take that up with uh, with ISM and see if there's a if that's factored in or not. But all right, and if you're going to well, factor it in, I'll take the credit for it. <laughs> Good point. Good without, point. without getting yourself into to anti-Semitic uh, uh, trouble, uh, the Jewish holidays have also always been a time that seemed to be softening in business. You might want to consider that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We had that whole holiday season last week, right? Yeah. Well, actually, two weeks. First there's the yeah. Jewish holidays and then the spring break. And uh, for those two weeks, uh, you could roll a bowling ball down Route 80 and not hit anything. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, same thing, same thing down here. So, you know, consumer confidence, uh, you, you guys probably saw the number came in pretty good at 129, the Conference Sports mm. consumer confidence number up from 124 in March. So that that's positive. Uh, the uh, Let's see, what else? Interesting stuff. The uh, PCE, I mean, I think you know we we saw that uh, that we're apparently there's a 3.2 percent 
real GDP growth in Q1. I don't know that I fully buy all that. I think a lot of that had to do with, with weak inflation. And, uh, and and I do buy that because if you look at our prices number, our price number was hovering around 50 for you know most of uh, Q1 plus one. So uh, you know, I think that had a lot to do with the 3.2% GDP, real GDP number for Q1. So uh, the uh, the Fed PCE, uh, X food and energy inflation index was at 1.7% in the month of April. So that's down from 2% in uh, March. So that's a good sign. Uh, also supports the fact that we probably won't see any uh, rise in interest rates in the in the near term. And the quantitative tightening is supposed to end at the end of the summer. And it, it probably has uh, been you know dwindling since the announcement in the last couple of months. So so I think, you know, and, and the Fed keeps dropping their GDP forecast. Uh, I, I'm going to guess it's probably 2.2 to 2.5 at present. So, you know, that feels about right. And the, the, the rate of growth here over, you know, rolling three-month average feels about in that range. Tim, I know we always ask you about headwinds. Uh, I don't know that I, I notice any headwinds in the current report. But you're the experts in the field. What do you guys sense? Well, I, th- I think the tariff issue is still an ongoing issue. I think there's uh, there's there's still a, a bit of tension here in uh, corporate margins, primarily uh, you know driven by cost increases that occurred you know last year through the tariff activity. I don't think that uh, last I checked, I think companies are still a little bit concerned about hitting their margin targets for. 2019, but uh, you know, if, if the tariff issue could be resolved, that would solve a lot of issues. Uh, it would eliminate an artificial barrier that's not necessarily there. The, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the whole border issue caused a lot of concern because I think uh, you know tariffs are one thing and paying more for goods is one thing, but when you can't get the goods, it's a whole different thing. And you know, moving supply chains from Mexico to somewhere else because the borders are closed. Would be really difficult, and I I wouldn't if the border was closed. I wouldn't expect it to be closed for long. But then again, I said that about the government shutting down, and look how long <laughs> the government shut down for. <laughs> so I think those are the primary headwinds, and and we'll see. Uh, you know, the semiannual is coming out in the next few days, and like I I think the biggest constraint from an activity standpoint to the PMI in in April was the employment number. We do ask the three questions, so we've asked them again. In the uh, semi-annual, April semi-annual, you know, are you having trouble hiring people? Are you paying them more? And do you have to train them more once they show up? So when we asked those questions in December, the numbers were over 50%. Yes, 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 which is a pretty high number. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very anxious to see what those answers are for those three questions now. I mean, based on what I saw in this report, I would expect them to be over 50% again. Wow. I believe we have you scheduled for the day that report comes out, do we not? Yeah, I think so. I think we yeah, I think we've got a uh, yeah, probably Tony and I. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're gonna uh pump that out in social media world. Let's see. Uh, let's see the eighth of the tenth. Yeah, we'll Sorry? have to look at the calendar. Tim without giving away the uh the actual responses. Are you able to share the special questions that you always include in the semi-annual at this point? Well, yes. It's the same ones we did in December. So it's the labor issues and then the trade issues. Uh, okay. Has, has, has tariffs has, has tariffs increased the cost that you're charging your customers? 
and if yes, by how much? And uh, have tariffs restricted your ability to deliver on time? And that's a yes or no. So I think those are the only questions that were, were in there. But, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take a look at what happened since we reported out last time. It's going to take another look at what we think is going to happen in 2019. Uh, you know, we, we, in December we forecast 2019. We looked at 2018. And now in, in uh, May here we'll be looking at 2018, uh, and we'll be able to compare that against what we thought in December. So, you, you know, you'll see you know, maybe a shift in outlook, maybe a shift in, in business comparison. Uh, I, I think I'm going to just throw a number out. We, On the revenue side, on manufacturing, we had projected that 2019 would be a 5-plus percent growth, which uh, is pretty good. I think we didn't mm. believe that margins would expand as much as they did in 2018. I think price growth was in the 3% range. I'm, you know, I don't have my numbers in front of me, but it's going to be a really good report. It really it, it shows you what we think is going to happen as we close on the year, and it's a, a very valuable tool for uh, anyone in business. Well, looking forward to uh, having you on the show and talk about it. It'll give us a pretty good indication of what's coming down the road. Yep, yep. So let's see. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned sentiment yet. Uh, well, let me yeah, let me talk about a couple of other things. Transportation doesn't seem to be as big of an issue uh, in the general comments section. It's uh, it's it's fairly light. You know, less than two percent of comments are around transportation. Even in, in the supplier delivery section, eleven uh, percent uh, in April compared to twenty six percent in March. So uh, things seem to be more normalizing there on the transportation sector. Uh, lead times, fifteen percent of our comments. Uh, in the supply delivery section were lead time related. That was up from April, but down from March. Uh, shortages are remaining constant at around 10 or 11% of general comments, which I think we would consider that to be normal. Uh, not a lot of comments on Brexit, uh, just those countries that uh, companies that export into the UK or have a, a, a mother location in the UK, you know, make comments around that. And I think the, uh, the general sentiment questions uh, I, I go through the general comments and I count up the positive to not so positive comments about business growth. Are we you know, growing faster? Or are we growing or are we slowing? And uh, for the month of March, we were at 1.7 positives to to one not so positive. And uh, that's down from uh, two to one in March and three to one in February and January. So, so you know, so the attitude, outlook, sentiment as we go into uh, Q2 here is not as strong as it was uh, in January Q1. But in December of 2018, it was almost it was close to a one to one, and that's that's when the the PMI dropped the most significant amount in, in recent times. As well as the stock market that month. Yeah, mm -hmm. remember that? Yeah, right. It was mm -hmm. all kind of tied together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. All the bad feelings came out all at once. Seems to. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Tim, as always, we appreciate you uh, being on Manufacturing Talk Radio and sharing with our audience these incredibly important numbers. I want to remind everyone that the full body of this report is at instituteforsupplymanagement.org under their news and research. So if you want to actually print out your version, and there's a nice summary version that's got lots of charts and graphs in it as well that you can print out and really dive into and see where your industry is uh, as compared to the other ones. 
So, Tim, again, thank you for joining us, and we appreciate all the information you share. Yeah, pleasure being here, guys. Always a pleasure. And, and Tim, uh, it's really good seeing you at the Institute of Supply Management Annual Conference. Uh, and for those of you who were not there, you can go to Manufacturing Talk Radio, and we have a whole section where we did uh, a bunch of interviews, including uh, Tim uh, and uh, uh, Anthony uh, uh, Anthony uh, Nevis. Nevis, thank you. Anthony Nevis, our buddy who will be Nevis. with us in two days on the show, and we'll be talking about the non-manufacturing side of things. Yeah, that was a good interview at the ISM conference. We, you know, we got into you know the role of a supply manager and why mm-hmm. they're in a unique position and and uh, and why their perspective on what's going on in business is so valuable. So it was a that was a it was a fun conversation. Lou. And the two uh, the two keynote speakers, uh, uh, Dr. Yellen and uh, uh, Carly uh, Fiorona. Uh, she she was an amazing speech uh, uh, presenter. Uh, Boy, so she reminded us, us leaders what is expected of us, and she reminded all the other people in the crowd what they should expect of us too, which was really good. I mean, yeah, clearly was a great. strong operational focus on, on her side and uh, a really good description of what a good leader is and not afraid mm-hmm. to take risks and expected to get out front and uh, and be out front and with the head above the crowd. And then, yeah, Dr. Yellen was fantastic. Her her perspective on the economy in 2019, on uh, interest rates, and on the general trade issues, not, not only was very beneficial to the general crowd, but at the executive conference where uh, uh, Anthony and I were able to interview her, it was really it was it was tough to keep up. Smart woman, smart yep. woman, one of the most powerful people in the world in her day. Yep, you bet. And she actually came okay. dancing up on the stage at the uh, exact end, by the way. <laughs> I know, I saw that. <laughs> uh, I really liked her because, uh, as you know, uh, I'm short. And standing next to her, we did a photo op together. Standing next to her, I was like really a tall guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, she says, yeah, height doesn't matter exactly, right? No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, she has a okay. really commanding presence. So, All again, right, it's great having you. You probably have more people to go tell your tale to, so uh, be well. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of days. Yeah, connect with you in a few days. Thanks very much, everybody. Sure thing. Well, Lou, now do you oh. feel more comfortable that uh, Tim explained in detail the report? No, I'd like to see the ISM number at about 60. <laughs> then I know I'm cooking with steam. I'm not jumping yeah, off the roof. I'm not jumping, but, you know, 60 is a better number than 51.7, no matter how you slice it. Oh, of course. It. Oh, of course. But, uh, now, what, have you got coming up? what have you got coming up in new shows? I'm having a hard time keeping up with you here. Uh, well, we have uh, uh, Cliff uh, Waldman uh, doing Manufacturing Matters. Uh, we have uh, where, uh, Where's Willie? Uh, we're beginning to put some shows in the can. Uh, and he's uh, travels around the country and talking to manufacturing. So uh, his show is called Where's Willie? On the Road Again. And... Uh, we have uh, full time with uh, Amy Nicholas, who talks about uh, uh, women and how they handle their 
careers and family and balance and so on and so forth. So I suggest that you all go to uh, our, our new corporate corporate name, the umbrella name is Jacket Media Co. And uh, all these other shows are under that name. Uh, and uh, you can find that easily on the Internet. And uh, do you have any ideas, suggestions, recommendations, complaints, which I'm sure you have none, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We appreciate you being with us. All of our episodes for this show are at mftalkradio.com. And as Lou said, go to jacketmediaco.com, that's jacketmediaco.com, to be able to link into any of the shows that we've got. It's an expanding universe. We're going to be adding a lot of new shows here in 2019. So uh, tune in and keep up and enjoy everything you hear that we produce and let us know how we're doing. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.